everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Kaylee. I'm your host, Kaylee Dickerson. I want to invite you to come have coffee with me and my friends. Join us as we catch up, open up, and have conversations for the soul. Today, we have our friend and champion of a human, Michael Chandler here. Michael is a UFC mixed martial arts fighter, but we know him best as one of our sweetest and intentional and driven friends. I cannot wait for y'all to get to know him and love him like we do. Before we get to hang out with Michael, I'd like to introduce my friend Stephanie Mae Wilson, our sponsor of today's episode. Stephanie is gifted in helping women thrive in their most important relationships. You may know her as the host of the Girls' Night podcast and author of The Lipstick Gospel. She recently came out with a beautiful new prayer journal called The Between Places, 100 Days to Trusting God When You Don't Know What's Next. It's perfect for any woman who's navigating any sort of uncertainty about her future. It's for the woman who's single and wondering if she's ever going to find her person, and for the woman who's dating someone and wondering if this one is the one. It's for the woman who's worked in the same career for several years now, which has left her absolutely sure this is not what she wants to do for the rest of her life, which brings up the question, what does she want to do? It's for the woman who's wondering if she's ready to have a baby, and also for the woman who's trying to grow her family and finding it can be a lot harder than we sometimes imagine. It's also for the woman who's feeling the weight of uncertainty in this season of life we're all in right now. Feeling like the whole world has turned upside down, taking your plans and any sense of security right along with it. Through a hundred guided prayer prompts, the Between Places will help you live today with more contentment, step into the future with more courage and faith, and rest in God's peace knowing that He is with you every step of the way. To pick up a copy of this beautiful keepsake prayer journal, just head to stephaniemaywilson.com, and if you use the code Kaylee, it will give you 15% off. Again, that's stephaniemaywilson.com, and the promo code for 15% off is K-A-I-L-E-Y. So here we have... My bestie, well, actually Russell's bestie, but by default, also our bestie, Michael Chandler, also known as Iron Michael Chandler, the MMA fighter for the UFC, mm-hmm. lightweight champion of the world. I don't know. <laughs> well, you not, were. Yeah, but, <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how Close this enough. works. <laughs> Former. Former. Hey, going to be again, though. Going to be again. In the name Former of the future. Lord. Yeah, let's let's go. go. So first of all, I'm supposed to ask you, not supposed to, this is my choice. This is my show. How do you take your coffee? I didn't even ask you before I had you drink this whole thing. It's okay. Did you want cream or sugar? That's the point of the question. That is the point of the question. Well, number one, I'd like to point out, this is Russell's coffee it cup. It is this Russell's is coffee I'm cup. I'm excited about this. But secondly, so I used to drink it black, but then I kind of started doing a little bit of or a little bit of coconut oil and then kind of a non-dairy creamer in the morning. I don't eat breakfast anymore before training. Oh, like so a little bulletproof vibe. Yeah, so like a little bit of bulletproof vibe. Is it vibe. like the MCT oil? Yeah, it- yeah, either either C8 pure cupric acid or whatever it's called, which is coconut oil yeah. in, in a nutshell. Or just straight up coconut oil that I cook with. I'll just throw a, a scoop in there just to get myself a little bit of calories before practice, a little bit of fats and, and then a little bit of taste. Russ was all about that that bulletproof life for a minute yeah but he did the butter you don't do the butter i have before but yeah i just prefer coconut oil putting butter in coffee was, has always been yeah it's a little more of a weird he, thing for me. he threw it in like the blender and it would like oh, emulsify oh, yeah. and then yeah. it wasn't so it still is i weird. have had that before and it was delicious but i also even just doing this it was it's too much for me just, just black take too long no i mean just doing the whole oh, pour the pour over over. Deal and like I, I know i did this by myself today because russell's actually out of town and i'm very proud of myself no it's awesome it's a journey yeah. it's a journey to get to the pour over yeah. life <laughs> oh my word michael chandler how are we i'm so good how are you i'm good glad to be uh drinking some coffee with you uh what a treat okay for those of you who don't know you should know this is iron michael chandler that we have here today who's a real life friend of ours. And so this podcast is new, so no one really knows what it's about, but Mm -hmm. it is come have coffee with me and my friends. And you and your wife are some of our dearest friends, which not a lot of people would uh, expect. I think the combination of country music and MMA fighting isn't typical, I would say. Yeah, no, I mean, what's, what's funny is when you look at it from the outside, you might think that, but also, but then once you get in the trenches and you become real life friends, you realize, man, there's travel, there's the ups and downs of canceled shows. For me, it's canceled fights for, and then it's, you know, the being away from the family and then it's traveling and there's a, I'm essentially a traveling performer as well, Yeah, right? but which is just kind of crazy. I, you know, fight in the cage instead of singing on stages. So obviously I've been to a bunch of shows and it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy that first of all, we met back in, do you even remember the year? 
No. I well, it was right before we moved here. So it was a 2016 or 2017, I think. 2017, which would make sense. Yeah, it was gosh. our very first CMT Awards, I think. Mm-hmm. And Russell was nominated for like, we were nominated. Yeah, for yours. Were right? we? Was that the one? No, no, no. no? Nope. This was the one before that. Because we sat by Doug the Pug that year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were Doug not nominated pug. at all. Okay, we that's sat right. by an Instagram influencer mm-hmm. animal. Yep. Um, the most famous animal on the, the planet. The most famous by animal don't, on the planet. Don't, don't in the back. Yeah. But we were at the bar mm-hmm. and grabbing a drink before we went to grab our seats. And y'all were right in front of us. Yeah. I don't even know how we started talking. Well, the funny thing is, yeah, I had gone to a show and I had seen Russell perform one time, too. So I was like, oh, that's, that's, right. that's the Russell guy. You yes. know? And it's so cool, too. When you when you rewind and you just see the wild success that you guys have had, like moving forward and just go throughout the timeline, like even just at the show the other day, I got like a little, I got emotional because it's just like it's so cool to see as you you know you go through the progression and it's been a uh, yeah I mean it was uh, the CMT awards and then we sparked up a conversation yeah and then a couple was a couple weeks later we were we had just moved to town a yeah. couple months later and we we had a wine night on cardboard boxes it was magical <laughs> it was magical well i remember you guys were moving from san diego and we're like well let's be friends so i was yeah. like you're like we don't have any friends here and we're like we'll be a friend yeah <laughs> we'll be a friend this works out and yeah. then you guys bought your house yeah and yeah. we had the most insane wine i've maybe ever had in one night truly because yeah. y'all had just been to napa or something yeah and just kept cracking these fancy bottles we have pictures of this right yeah, yeah i mean we have I to hope we gotta so. go back and find it because yeah. if i can't i will post it with this episode <laughs> we sat outside on your patio all on cardboard boxes and on i think you made chairs. steak too you made like steak and sous vide like yeah. epic dinner you didn't even have a dinner table no it was it was the perfect mixture <laughs> of high high class and like cardboard box like but that's amazing. you just throw it together and, you and know, that's you make, i was like we'll be friends forever yeah you make do with what you got yeah exactly you know? we will be friends forever yeah i love how you said like watching our come up because we feel the exact same way about you i mean you were already a big deal i didn't know a whole lot about mma fighting and a bunch of the people listening to this probably (laughs) have no idea what you do Uh can you break it down for them like how do you get into something like this you know so first of all i'll throw that out there i'm a very non-confrontational person and i know this sounds like i'm churching it up i will back with no 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 i will back this up (laughs) but it's because it sounds counterintuitive i mean I, my job literally is to fight in a cage for a living. You know, it's, it's similar to boxing, but we wear four ounce gloves and it's similar to wrestling because there's grappling involved and there's takedowns and there's slams. And then there's submissions where you can, you know, essentially choke somebody or do a small joint or do a, a, a joint manipulation where you get their arm or their leg. And it's, you know, for me, I, I don't look at it like anything other than just competition between myself and my opponent i started out as a wrestler which is hand it's hand-to-hand combat without strikes without punching wrestled in high school wrestled in college wrestled with a couple guys who went on to be eventual uh world champions in mixed martial arts tyron woodley and ben asker and i kind of they were kind of my big brothers um if you will they went into it and then when i graduated college i i still had the competitive itch i still wanted to compete and wrestling wasn't really in the cards because i wasn't good enough to make it to the Olympic circuit, if you will, the international circuit. So, uh, graduated in May of 2009 and then fought my first fight, August of 2009. And I've been doing it ever since. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's the unified rules of mixed martial arts inside of a cage, either 15 minutes to 25 minutes. I fight for the UFC, which is the premier organization in the world. But speaking of the come up, I was kind of I was in the the number two organization for a long time. Yeah, which was that's when Bellator. we met you. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's it's kind of like the the local circuit in music, right? It's which when you're you're trying to do shows and you're kind of working your way up, trying to become the opening act, yeah. just to get to the next act and the next act, and you you uh, build your way up and you build your platform and you build the interest and the the intrigue and the the attention of people. And here I am in the UFC, and it's been uh, it's been fun. Has there ever been a time when you're like, I don't think I want to do this anymore? No. There, there hasn't because I, I and, and people ask me that all the time. They are, you know, I, I get amazing response from the way that I carry myself and, and kind of mm-hmm. show myself on, show my stuff on, on social media. And people are just like, how do you stay so motivated to do what you do every day? I and, think that every time I look at your Instagram <laughs> well, account, I'm like in my bed, not wanting to even go for a jog <laughs> well, and you're like towing a tractor, like <laughs> through a field. Well, to, like what well, is happening, fair, Michael? To you? Yeah. To be fair, I get paid to do that. Right. That's, that's what yeah, I do yeah, for a living. True. Right. You know, cause everybody's like, well, how do you, how do you work out so hard? And it's like, well, that's how I would feed my wife and son. That's how I, you know, 
take care of the family and, and I'm also fulfilling God's purpose on my life. So there's a, a different thing because I've attached my what to my why. Yes. And oof, we're and, going into that. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's easier for me. But going back to your question of did I ever want to not do it? I I, I haven't because I've been so grateful for the opportunity. And probably similar to a lot of different industries, you never know when it's gonna end. You know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, Hey, I can do this forever. But for me as a fighter, I knew I have a shelf life. I have a small window oh, of opportunity to do something great with the gifts that God gave me. And then eventually it will be over and it'll be over a lot sooner than I want it to be. Cause that's what happens with every single athlete. Yeah. You know, very few of them get out when they want to, they, they, um, or get out before they, they need to, if you will. So just very grateful for the opportunity that I have. And then really what was the alternative, you know, yeah. the alternative compared to what I'm doing right now, isn't as exciting and impactful and a, and a great platform and, a and as fulfilling as what I'm doing now. So I've never really, it'll be sad whenever it's over, you know? Yeah. And I think as I get towards the latter end of my career, it's easier to capture that feeling capture that that notion that someday it'll be over and so take every single day like it's the, the greatest blessing on earth yeah i want to go back to your why because mm -hmm. i loved that you say what is your quote you do your what for the why oh yeah I, i've attached my my what yeah. to to my why yeah you know and i think that matters for everyone yeah like so many people are always saying to us like i just i want to make it in music and i want to this and that and my question to them is because they're like when should i give up like yeah. if it's not popping, if it's not working and I'm like, well, the minute it was your dream and not God's dream is when you should give it up, Yeah, you know? And there's a lot of people who are like, I want to be famous, but the why, why do you want to be famous? Just for people to look at you just to like make your people from high school jealous. Yeah. And you know, like that's not a reason that's not enough to sustain where we're at yeah. or where you're at. Like you don't get to those places healthily. Yeah. And I would say knowing your family so well, like you're in such, you're so competitive, but in such a healthy way mm -hmm. and your why, which we're going to talk about, cause he's the cutest mm -hmm. child on the planet <laughs> matters. It yeah. matters so much. Yeah. It, it, I mean, really it's the, it's the driving force behind everything that you do, whether you're an athlete or whether you're a musician, whether you're just trying to become the best version of yourself, whatever you are pursuing, you have to ask yourself why you started because why you started and why you do what you do is much more important than what you actually do in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And, uh, those base desires, like you said of, you know, Hey, making people these, this jealous or even proving people wrong. Some people need that. Hey, I'm going to prove them all wrong. Prove, prove the doubters are wrong. I've never been like that. And that's mm -hmm. not necessarily the right way or the wrong way to do it. Each of it us gives an edge. Yeah. It gives you an edge, but it's, but it's also each of us are wired differently and we have to take stock in and focus on and learn and, and kind of put it on a piece of paper, if you will, in our mind or in our heart, or actually on a physical piece of paper of what motivates me, what drives me, when do I perform the best? When do I not perform the best? You know? And it's just been for me so easy because it just all goes back to gratitude, you mm -hmm. know, like your, your why, but also your willingness to, to take in all of the blessings that you have. Cause I think all of us, spend way too much time thinking about what is going wrong, what, what we don't have, where we do lack, instead of thinking about how truly blessed that we are yeah. to get to do what we do in any vocation, in any avenue in life that you choose. And so if you just tie that, what to your why filled with gratitude and just continue to, to move forward and also focus on anything that you accomplish or, or try to accomplish, as you said, you're, you know, when is it time to give up? Yeah. There is a time, but then there's also a time to realize that most of these things that you're pursuing, it's a marathon and it's not mm -hmm. a sprint. And we can, we can, we can focus so much on that, that momentary fast, especially this day and age, people make it so quickly well, sometimes, yeah. or you're, you know, making a ton of money selling gummy bears on TikTok or dancing <laughs> or like, you right. know, in the day and age we live in, it's almost, it's almost a crutch or, or a hindrance to the future generations because they've seen so many people get successful so quickly and yeah. so easily. And really it's driving around in a gold Nissan Armada <laughs> With for, a quarter a million decade, miles. <laughs> uh, for a decade before you, you know, and that's, yeah. but that's such a blessing that you have that. Yeah. And I, it's a blessing for me that I, that I took the wrestling route and it took a long time and I have losses and I have setbacks. Those, that's a huge blessing because the man or the woman that you are on the other side of that is a more galvanized, more, more strong, more, more willing to accept the, the whims and fancies of the ups and downs of a crazy life. 
We'll get right back to Michael after I tell you about one of our incredible sponsors, Crew. One of my favorite things to do is to sit down with a good cup of coffee and open my Bible. Reading God's Word is so essential in my life. I love meditating on God's Word and allowing His truth to transform my life. I couldn't imagine not having my Bible or not being able to afford one or worse, not being allowed to have one. Sometimes we forget that there are people all around the world who simply don't have access to the Bible. That is why I am thrilled to partner with Crew. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations with over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country. Crew is giving Bibles around the world to people in their own heart language and sharing the hope of Jesus to the masses. But here's where they need your help. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide meals for five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. Simply text COFFEE to 71326 to help today. Imagine how much this gift could change someone's life. So text COFFEE to 71326, that's C-O-F-F-E-E to 71326 to help now or visit give.crew.org slash coffee with Kaylee. Now let's get back to Michael. Yes, we have 250,000 miles mm-hmm. on a car <laughs> that is actually in the driveway. We don't drive it anymore. It is unfit to drive, but I have like an emotional attachment to the grind because we toured, we toured the country music hall of fame. I don't know, 2012. And in there it had like one of Elvis's cars. Mm-hmm. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not expecting my husband to be Elvis, but I was like, this would be so cool one day to just have the car that we drove all across America in. Yeah. Even if it's like cut in half, like he used to like duct tape the, his iPad oh. to the like drop down that was in the back row for all of us. Like it was, the band guy. So there was only four people in the band. And then I hold, had the whole third row to myself. Like I would lay down in the back yeah. and we would just like, he had the data plan. Who knows how much that cost us. We would like just stream Netflix and oh like yeah. all across America. Like I have so many fond memories in that van and like mm-hmm. the rotation and how they would drop me off at a Starbucks in the morning and I would do the morning sunrise shift yep. after they drove through the night. The number of times I just lay there praying like, please God, let them stay awake. Mm, yeah. It was always Kevin, Chris, mustache Kev. Yeah. They would listen to podcasts and like this, not like this, actually. They listened to like all the super nerdy ones that mm. I would sit awake and listen to and be like, what? Something's going to keep you awake. Yeah. Something I'm like, what keep the in mind the world? Going because I mean, coffee with Kaylee, the concept where Kevin did love some pilot coffee, which makes no wow, sense because he's no. very bougie about coffee, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. but he has a real sentiment. We all do. We like have this sentimental place for like mm-hmm. the grind and that's the only yeah. place he could get coffee yeah. in the middle of the night. And there's, there's something psychological and subconscious and, and it, it touches your, like for me, it's going back to the university of Missouri and yeah. I, I was just there yeah. Well, when, when we saw at the Russell show at in Sedalia, Missouri, Missouri state fair. And my wife, Bree, her is from there. So I wrestled at University of Missouri, just walking in to that University of Missouri wrestling room, the, the smells, the, the, just the sights looking at, and then I see my name on the wall and I spent so many hours pursuing a dream that at many times felt like it was never going to happen. And, and, and then remembering the young man that I was turned into a little bit older, a little bit more mature younger younger man there as i graduated and became an all-american and moved into mixed martial arts but that's that's kind of my you know armada you know going back to the university of missouri wrestling room getting my butt kicked by a 18 19 year old kid who's on the mizzou wrestling team wearing the my mizzou wrestling stuff that's remembering where you where you came from and where it started and and to go back to your point, like I always like to say, it's not that people don't do the right things. It's that they don't do the right things for long enough. There's so much more that you can give and and there's so much more that you can hang on to, you know, and obviously mm-hmm. you can, you can do, do it for too long, of course, but it's most of the time it's because people haven't done it for long enough and they expect that they expect to get out of the armada in, in two years instead yeah. of 10, you know, <laughs> right. and it's a testament to, to just continuing in the course of action, no matter what. Yeah. So let's talk about your beautiful wife. Mm, let's let's because <laughs> you are, I will say that one of the like most strong things of your character is your pursuit mm-hmm. of everything, your pursuit of your dream, your pursuit of your friendships, your, you just pursue people. And Brie Chandler is one of those people. And I actually love this story and I would love for you to share it. Of course. Yeah. So, um, I actually have a fake tooth here. 
I don't, I don't think I knew that. Out. Just learned that. Well, so it actually didn't happen in fighting, you know, contrary to popular <laughs> opinions. Know, would, would make sense, you know, hey, he got his teeth knocked out fighting. No, I, I mean, the sport of wrestling is a contact sport. I think I, you know, actually, no, I wasn't even wrestling. We were playing in a, we were at a pool with, with the wrestling guys and uh, we were kind of wrestling in the pool. So, <laughs> but University of Missouri, still, yeah, Missouri, University of Missouri still sent me to a dentist and it just so happened that the, this dentist was Kent Willett. Um, and I knew of him because my Bible study leader was our orthopedic surgeon at, in University of Missouri. He was his mentor. He was his Bible study leader. They would, they did, um, meetings every week and they ran conferences and small groups and whatnot. So I knew his reputation in town. It was a great one. And then I walk into his dentist's office and I see pictures of this cute brown haired girl, <laughs> brown hair, brown eyes, and all the pictures with him. And immediately you're kind of like, I like, you know, I like this guy. This could be a guy that I would love to have mentor me someday. And, but then he's got this cute girl in, the, in these pictures. And I'm like, I just, I immediately, I was like, I intrigue and I need to meet this girl. I want to meet this girl. So then that same semester, I joined a Bible study and the leader of the Bible study, the guy who was like the assistant leader of the Bible. So there's like three, three guys who kind of ran the Bible study. They all knew her. So they would be talking. And then there was people in the Bible study who knew her as well. So they kept talking about this Brie Willett girl. I'm like, why are you guys talking about this Brie Willett girl? I need to meet this Brie Willett girl. I need to meet her, you know, kind of like in a, you know, I just like, it, I was like, I, there was just something in me that said, it's going to happen. I'm going to end up meeting her. So I just ha always thought about her. And I even had been to her house, the the house that I go to now, my father-in-law's house where we spend Christmases and we go out there and go fishing. I went to that home for one of the guys in the Bible studies birthday party that Kent Willett uh, held there. And, and even walking in, it was different because I was like, I want to be in this home for reasons other than this mm -hmm. birthday party and even going out on the back deck looking at the pond i was like someday i'm going to be fishing on that pond not you as a guy not as a guy who's at this birthday party but as a guy who is in the family and looking back maybe you know you people would be like that's a little bit creepy man you know but i'm like that's a little bit prophetic bro <laughs> <laughs> exactly no exactly and, I, and and that's what we've talked about yeah. it, I, don't, I can't understand or i can't explain it other than just yeah being that's prophetic and it's like I didn't know why I felt that way. I mean, obviously she's beautiful and, oh my gosh. and if she was anything Surely. like, if she was anything like her father, you know, and, and he raised her, it's like, well, she's a 10 and she's a 10 on the awesome scale yeah. as well. Um, so anyways, fast forward, we never meet ever. I'm like, I've never run into her, which was crazy because it was t Columbia, Missouri, just tiny little town. So finally I just, I sent her a Facebook message and thank God I, we had mutual friends, which, and, and all of the, our mutual friends were like solid people where, where you would essentially associate. Okay. Well, if he's friends with these guys, he must not be Right. too bad right right. so we exchanged a few facebook messages but she was going through residency at the university of missouri and working like crazy she was in love with medicine she didn't need a man she was very <laughs> self-sufficient she was an independent woman and and facebook message back and forth and she said hey here's my email because i'm getting off facebook because i'm applying for residencies and we're supposed to deactivate our facebook accounts or whatever all personal accounts and then so i emailed her it would take four weeks for her to respond to me. Four minutes after getting the email, I would email her again. <laughs> and then she would wait another three, four, five weeks. And then three, four, five minutes after that, I would send her another email. So it was kind of this cat and mouse thing, not on purpose. She wasn't right. doing it on purpose. She was more just like, hey, I, you know, I marry a guy, I marry a guy someday. But yeah. uh, right now I'm just in love with medicine. And I'm like, just, okay, give me coffee. Can I have, can we do ice cream? It could be 30 minutes. It could be whatever. And then, uh, January 24th, 2013 at Caldy's Coffee in Columbia, Missouri. She finally, she had just got done with a night shift. And for some reason she said, yes, I'll meet you. And, and I said, I have to be at practice at three. She's like, okay, let's meet at two o'clock knowing that I needed to be out by like two 45. Yeah, so I had like, like a hard let's have out. the tiniest yeah. hang of all time. Yeah, hard out. But right there, we got vanilla lattes at Caldy's Coffee and we've been together ever since i've been head over heels since since then took her <laughs> took her a second but she knew i was at least a little bit different she's like yeah. okay this guy's a little bit different yeah i think i like this so um how long did y'all actually date i don't think i knew that 11 months oh wow okay yeah. and then y'all were engaged yep 11, that is quick yeah it was uh 11 11 yeah 11 months and was and she then, like ready at that point or did you maybe jump the gun a little bit? No, I mean I think. Oh, what for? To get engaged, to have a ring. Oh no, she yeah, she was she was ready. She was ready. Okay. Which is which is so which is also 
not just in relationships, but in just even in, you know, even in anything that you're pursuing, it's so funny how you go from not ready one day to the next day being wondering how you ever yes. lived life wow. without this person yeah. or how, how you ever, how you ever could have doubted that you were going to be sitting right here whenever you were in the Nissan Armada. You think about yeah. yourself in the Nissan Armada, but there was a moment where, I mean, not really, it's sometimes a slow progression, but man, you, yours hits and it's a number one song and it's like how quickly things can happen. Yeah. You know, and even just for her, no, she was not ready in her mind until, until there was a moment where God said, nope, boom, you're ready, yeah. you know? And, and I think it's that confident expectancy and always praying for wisdom, you know, praying for wisdom because we don't know what the heck we're doing with our lives yeah. half the time. We kind of think we do and then we pivot and then you you're walking into a door to open and turn the handle and it is absolutely locked and you're so let down only to find a new door that was so much better yeah and it's just the idea of going from completely not ready to completely 100 percent ready wondering how the heck you ever thought you were yeah. not ready in a moment at a moment's notice in the turn of a dime yeah that's i mean one of the first episodes of the podcast is russell and i telling our story and that is his his side of the story we were the reverse roles like yeah. i prophetically knew i was like we are going to be married yeah i'm so i've never been more sure of anything in my entire life and he was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then bam, just one day he was like, I'm all in. Yeah. And, and that's hard. Cause I get like a lot of messages from people being like, well, I, I've heard y'all's story and, and my boyfriend doesn't know. And, and when I read stuff like that, sometimes I'm like, it makes my heart drop. Yeah. Cause I'm like, well, I, I can't tell you that it's right. Yeah. And I can't tell you this guy's worth waiting for. And I can't tell you. Like I cannot be God in this person's life, right? Like mm -hmm. you have to have your own know that, you know, that, you know, so that when things get hard, that was the advice. One of my best friends in college, Daniela, who, you know, yeah, her mom had passed away when we were in college and Daniela's mom, Debbie, yeah, her best friend reached out to Daniela while she was dating her husband. And Daniela was like, I really wish I would have known my mom's dating advice because she had started dating Chris and was wondering. And this woman reached out to her mm -hmm. and she was like, do you have any advice that my mom used to give you? And she said to ask God for a sign that you knew that you knew that you knew. Yep. So that one hard times come, you have something to stand on. Mm -hmm. And I'd say both of our relationships, we feel like that. Yeah. And we've gone through some hard stuff, you yeah. know, and like you're gone from Brie for months. Yeah. At I'm a about time. to leave right now. Yeah. Next like week. that makes my, that makes me like, so, cause we don't even do that. Like yeah. we, what we do is tough, but we do it together all the time. Mm -hmm. And you leave for extended periods. And that is like, I can't fathom. It's like almost, she's like a military wife. Yeah, you're, She's not afraid if you're not coming back alive. Yeah, But I mean, I can't, I, I could never be a military wife. I could never, I could never do it. Yeah, no. And we've, and we've talked about that. And even, even in, in counseling, when we do our, our couples counseling, that's kind of, we love counseling here. Everyone's yeah, an advocate for counseling. Yes, absolutely. And it's, and it's, and it's healthy. And it's also, that's really the only thing that a therapist can really compare it to, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like true. being married to a, um, you know, a guy in the military. Um, and it's, you know, luckily for me, I, I do get to be able to come home on the weekends, but it's, it's also hard too, because in mixed martial arts, you have to, you also have to be so focused on what you're doing too, that you're not like, right. The, like the last, you know, three months I've been dad and I've been husband and I've yeah. been, you know, do, friend. Doing We've business, to see you business more. and friend yeah. and just enjoy, enjoy life with no fight on the horizon. No, cause there's pressure, but you try not to let the pressure get to you. And then there's the discipline and everything that you, if you don't sleep the, uh, the right amount of time, if you didn't get your workout in exactly how it was supposed to be with who you wanted to, who you wanted to do with, where it was going to be, plus your diet, plus just everything. There's so many things that, that are constantly tugging at you that when I do come home on, on weekends, I am home and there's the physical touch and I can yeah. hold her or I can hold our son and we can hang and we can hold hands and we can do that, but I'm not always 100% there. So I'm constantly riding that fine line of showing myself grace because how, how are you doing the thing that God called you to do yet? Sometimes it feels like you're doing the wrong thing. You know, how do you, how do you live in that? Here's when I, when I go home and I'm not the man that I, mm. you know, I'm not emotionally there like I would be outside of training camp, you know, or when I'm not physically there for week, you know, oh, two weeks at a time, it, you, there's that fine line between writing that, yeah. that guilt and the shame, because I made a promise to her that I will love and cherish her for right, the rest of my life. Right. And then when we adopted our son, I will promise to love you and lead you and serve you and protect you. 
but then you're, you kind of feel like you're not making good on that promise mm -hmm. often when you're gone for that, that long. So yeah. that's the hardest part is showing yourself the grace. Um, yeah. and just, and having the big price. picture of, yeah. of what is your, what, and what is it for? You know, yeah. like sweet little hat man. Can mm -hmm. we talk about hat man? Oh, I'd love to talk about it. Oh my gosh. First of all, at our show, we were all just at <laughs> hearing him say his little affirmations. Oh my God. Can you please, can you, I, can I have these on, on record oh so that I gosh. can have Remington say them? Can well, you remember which ones he did? They were yeah. the cutest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, every night when we pray, I, I kind of try to keep it pretty similar so we can kind of just get a the repetition and whatnot but no i just say to him in his ear that hap chandler is a champion a winner an overcomer and he is set apart when he walks into a room people will take notice when he walks in a certain direction people will follow when he speaks people will listen when a negative thing is said about him it will first be met with disbelief and I just, i'm covered in chills <laughs> well i just it's I so powerful I, I just i wasn't raised that way i wasn't spoken over and into like that. And I just, it took me so long to believe that about myself. I believe that about every single person. I believe that about every single person, every single one of God's children. I believe that about every single one of us, yeah. but I just want to make sure that, he, I mean, he is mine. I'm in charge of him. He is, you know, he's my son. So I, yeah. I want to make sure that it is a 100% instilled in him at all times. And there will never be there will be failures in his life. There will be setbacks, but it will never be because he didn't believe that he deserved to be successful, that he mm. didn't deserve to win, didn't deserve mm. to be a champion, didn't deserve to be wildly successful yeah. beyond his wildest dreams. So, I mean, it's biblical. We're set yeah. apart. You mm. know, we're a royal priesthood. Like we are daughters and sons of the king. And I, I feel like I always need to remember that too. Yeah. Like we need to walk into a room knowing who our dad is, mm -hmm. you know, and that like the creator of the universe holds like he holds the universe between his thumb and his forefinger. Like how much more control does he have yeah. over our lives? And obviously not the darkness in the world, but he's got a purpose. And like, that's mm -hmm. our dad, yeah. regardless of like who your dad was. We both had great dads. Mm -hmm. I love your dad. Lo great dads. Yeah. Love your dad. You know, and I love my dad. Mm -hmm. He did instill in me that I was different, that I was set apart, but it, that was more just nature. I was. Yeah. I was the only girl with five brothers. I naturally was just different. I didn't mm -hmm. have girls to look up to besides my mom, you know? Mm -hmm. So he was always like, you're different. You're a different kind of girl. Like you understand boys. You're a different kind of girl. You you can play sports with the boys. You're a different kind of girl. And it, he was right. It wasn't until I was like, oh, I was proud to be his daughter, but like so much more proud to be like, I'm a daughter of the king. Mm -hmm. And Hap Chandler is a son of a champion, an actual champion though, which is like hilarious and real. Yeah. But I want you to explain his um, story, how, how we got, how we got to Hap. Yeah. You know, I, I never really thought about adoption, you know, really. Bree served in a, in a place in Columbia, Missouri called Granny's house. It was essentially like kind of, kind of an inner city, inner city mission where he would, she would take these little, little boys on, on dates to McDonald's and Hardee's and boys and girls. But um, I did not know this. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where, where it all started, you know, she was, and then she took a lot of mission trips to Jamaica. So she had it on her heart. She always wanted to adopt an African-American boy. Yeah. I didn't know this really not much while we were dating or maybe she kind of mentioned it, but it's, you know, whenever you're going through and you're just absolutely in love with somebody, you're kind of just like, okay, yeah, absolutely. I'm down with that. <laughs> you know? So that was, has been on her heart since she was like 14, 15 years old. Thank God. Because we, you know, got engaged and, and got married. And for, for some reason we felt the tugging on our heart that we wanted to adopt for sure. She, at that point we had made that decision and we started imagining this life and excited about the life and, and me being a father and her being a mom. And it, it took a while, but then for some reason we just said, Hey, why not do it first? Why not do it right now? Because yeah. I think a lot of times conventional wisdom, people say, well, we'll have our own children first and then we'll adopt later. You know, that kind of just seems like yeah. the progression that most people take. But we are very much not like most people. We definitely do things against the grain and that's not why we did it, but it's just things, things happen and, and, and circumstances kind of materialize, if you will, where you're just like, well, I didn't mean to be different right now, but I'm just going to be different yeah. right now because it's, it's kind of what's happening. And so we prayed about it so hard and we went through all the process, started going through the process of the adoption paperwork, which is 10,000 pages long and, and background checks and all the, the crazy stuff that you got to do. So it took about a, about a year. And then at 1:40 PM on a certain day, we got an email that said, congratulations, you are eligible to adopt. 
And then at 1.46 p.m., six minutes later, we got a phone call that said, congratulations, you're eligible to adopt. By the way, there is this little boy down in Dallas, Texas. Uh, would you be interested in, in showing your profile, putting your name into the kind of the pool, if you will, for, for yeah. birth mom to be able to read it? And uh, they sent us a picture and immediately my eyes just welled up with tears. And I said, babe, that is my son. And I have uh, so many chills. yeah, it was just it's so true. Once again, how long the process was, then all of a sudden, bam, the snap of a finger, it turned into six minutes later. It was a six minute match. And and I, and I know there could be a lot of people listening, going through the adoption journey. Yeah. And, and it's sometimes tough because it does take a long time. So it's almost one of those things where you're almost a little bit, you know, af afraid to talk about how quickly it happened, yeah. but it was just God's plan. It was God's, it was God's, right. it, it was the, it was the, the, the way it worked out, it was supposed to be this quick for us. And it was so perfect. And 48 hours later, we were down in Texas, sitting in a hotel room, waiting to get the greatest blessing of all time, Hab Chandler. So it was so quick, thrown into that fatherhood, thrown into parenthood. And I'm, I fought three times that year. And we had just moved to the new city, had a new house and How still had cardboard he? boxes. How old was he again? Almost 10 months. Did you uh, just go visit no, first? No, we, we went down there and we were there for two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause you got to wait for the paperwork to go through and all that crazy oh, stuff. Oh so. my word. But it was just, uh, it happens so fast, but it, it's crazy how, and that's really how life is too, where you feel like you're tied onto a tornado, but you never once, <laughs> where you never once have a second guess. You never yeah. once have a, have a second thought that you're doing that. This is exactly right for you. Yeah. This is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. So the chaos is, is something that continues to kind of galvanize you through it, you know, and it's just been a crazy process and, and parenthood that being, you know, obviously yeah. you as a new parent, you, yeah. you quickly realize you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. And everybody who gave you advice and told you, and, and you thought they knew what they were doing. They they would admit to you that they had no idea what no. they were doing as well. You can read all the books and you can listen oh. to all the stuff and you can, it's just like. I didn't even get all the books. I was like, mm -hmm. I know myself enough. I am not, I read one book maybe. Yeah. But luckily I was an aunt to like a gazillion children. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I at least know how to do some of this stuff. Uh -huh. And I watched my brothers do it. I'm like, if they can do it, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. But I'm with you like that guilt. I'm like, how do we get rid of that? That like yours went so fast or like we tried for nine months and that felt like forever to us. But then yeah. when you get to know other people's stories, you're like, that was nothing at all. And mm -hmm. you know, it's just that whole process is so touchy and it's mm -hmm. hard. And I think we all just need grace for each other all across the board. If it yeah. went quick, if it didn't, if, yeah. if it still hurts, if it doesn't, if it's, it's hard, the whole thing. I remember walking in like stores and just seeing people with other kids. And in that season of trying, I was like, I could, I couldn't even look at other like pregnant women. Like at mm -hmm. one, I got, to, had gotten to a point, you know, and ours was still such a, a quick journey. I mean, but we, we waited seven years to even start trying. Mm-hmm. So, and I wanted to be a mom that whole time. It was just, our life wasn't conducive yeah. to it. So when, when there was waiting on top of the other waiting, it felt like compound waiting. Yeah. Double and it waiting. was, it was just, yeah. cause I thought it was going to be immediate. I had dreams about it. Yeah. I thought I was like, okay, he's telling me so that when it's time I'm prepared and I know it's like time. Yeah. And when it wasn't, I was like, wait, hello, what did mm -hmm. I miss it? Yeah. Was it, was it wrong? You know? And, and then month after month after month, you know, and. It's just, it's a, it's a journey, you know, mm -hmm. to be a parent. And I think that's part of what it is. He's like, I'm going to teach you that you have no control. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm going to teach you. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the common misconception, maybe from somebody not of faith from the outside looking in, they might think, well, I, I kind of, I'm kind of interested in that because it seems like if you have a relationship with God, it's so much easier. Right. Mm. But then you also, it, which it is by yeah. the way. <laughs> but also whenever you have that you also f you you also feel like you also feel like things are going to work out m more and faster so you're also yeah. your flesh gets in the way and you're like well god this is i i saw it or i've i've prayed about it and and you've showed me signs and you've showed yeah. you've given me you've given me not just the faith to continue to believe but the discernment and also just the the confident expectancy that that's going to happen but your flesh still gets in the way and you're just like goodness yes. gracious you know you're like how how yeah. It's so true because you're like, it's easier. I'm like, I don't know that it's easier. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely more joyful. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely more peaceful yeah. on this side of the curtain. Yeah. But like, I don't know, you have all kinds of stuff. And I think it's because of God's kindness because mm -hmm. he does love us. And I remember um, it was a massive songwriter in town, like one of the largest in all, 
all of history. Mm-hmm. His wife, they were friends of ours. They're still friends of ours. And they were interested in signing Russell initially when he first got his record deal or no, before he had a record deal and did not end up going that route and still love these people. But later on I ran into her and she's like, I just want you to know we're still, we're still cheering you on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that means so much. And I was like, you know, it's taken a while. Mind you, this is like five years ago. So this is still like, we weren't even tip of the iceberg yet. And she was like, honey, I've been in this town long enough to know as fast as they come is as fast as they go. Yep. And she goes, I don't trust those ones. Mm-hmm. She was like the slow and steady. Those are the ones I hedge my bets on. Yeah. It's always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? That's us. Like we are slow and steady, slow and steady. Yeah. And and it is hard. It's hard to watch the person shoot up for doing literally shooting up. Like, yeah. you know, you're yeah. like, it's hard to watch that person win. Yeah. No, that's, and, and I mean, yeah, in mixed martial arts, it happens as well. I mean, yeah. there's the phenomenon of, of right. Con- Conor McGregor, right. you know, like Conor McGregor is the biggest superstar on the planet yet, you know, there's been things that have been questionable that he does. And, and all of a sudden it was kind of like Mike Tyson back in the day, you know, yeah. just to do a, you know, kind of a combat sports reference, Mike Tyson, everybody wanted to watch him because he was just, he was so kind of controversial and didn't yeah. exactly do things right and did things against the grain, but that's why people wanted to watch him. And it's just, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard, but it's also just resting in the fact that, you know, if you know that you're doing the best that you can with the gifts that you've been given Mm. and you can only do it for so long, long enough before eventually that door opens, you know, or you hope it does, or maybe God shows you another door. Right. You know, and who knows? Yeah. Just who knows? Like, it's not like he's like, I'm promising you fame, fortune, all of these things, but Mm -hmm. we know that's not why we do it. Yeah. It's not why we like, I mean, we, you and us, like I know both of us in our motivation, like our motivation is for people to see Jesus at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, it just is, it's, it's to yes, provide for our families. And like God's told us to do a thing yeah. and we're going to do that thing. And in the process, let people know the only reason they're seeing us is because he's doing a thing, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And that's, yeah. And that once again is coupling that the why you do it to yeah. your what and and you will you will be given exceedingly abundantly more energy and yeah. platform and perseverance break, breaks and all these all these different things you know people think well it's just luck or was it just being so persistent and so faithful for so long that somehow it worked out yeah. you know in other people's eyes somehow it worked out you know and uh I don't think then, anyone will look at you and think it is luck. Anyone well, who looks at your, your disciplined, most disciplined person I know, that's you. This is where I don't know if this is just me, you know, making sure I don't let, let that get to my head. But I always do say it, it kind of negates it a little bit because this, this is my job too. You know, this is how I yeah. provide for my family. And I was like, how do you work so hard? It's like, well. I only have, that's my only option. I've got yeah. to provide for the family and which isn't true. I've been in the industry long enough to see that very successful people don't live a championship lifestyle as much as I thought they would once you get to know them and once you yeah. start to get around them and stuff. But, but that's why even this day and age, I think it is so much more easy to be successful because the work ethic and the persistence of so many people has gone downhill unfortunately yeah. you know and just like we talked about this morning like yeah. <laughs> on a phone call with a company who was supposed to be delivering something so i could do my job to to take care of my family and serve them before i went out of town to go do my job again but they couldn't do their job yeah. you know? specifically a dumpster company people. that's what we're talking about here <laughs> yeah. he needs to clean out a house today yeah. do a real life husband work yeah to, and the know, dumpster didn't show up today so my wife doesn't have to do it while i'm in training camp yeah. you know these so and not to take a turn towards negative town. No, but, no, but, but like that's like, the reality. Like, yeah, people it, who are good on their word aren't yeah. are few and far between these yeah, days. No, yeah. and that's that's the Zig Ziglar said. Your word is your bond, and if your word is no good, eventually you are no good. And that's and that was and it was a, such a great opportunity this weekend because they weren't calling me back. I called them three times to try to figure it out, and I had my son hat back there, and the, we had just got done playing basketball, or we were we were going to go play basketball, and he was sitting back there in the car seat, and I taught him. And we just started talking. He's like, daddy, you know, you sound frustrated or whatnot, you know? And I was like, yeah, buddy, I'm frustrated because, and I thought, I thought, okay, if this is a teaching moment, moment, how do I put it kind of into context for him? And I just said, yeah, these, you know, the dumpster company, they weren't a man of their word, you know? And, And whenever you're not a man of your word, it affects other people. And then if you're not a man of your word, then people won't trust you. And if they won't trust you, then 
they won't be your friend or they won't want to play with you and, you know, kind of bring it down to that four year old, four year old. No, this is, I'm learning so much right now. You know, and then, so then it's funny too, later on, (laughs) later on, he said something about being a man of his word and he doesn't even really hundred percent know what that means. But just by saying that phrase, a man of his word or a man of my word at four something years old, it's only a matter of time before the repetition goes through those cracks and subconsciously he believes that that is one of the pillars that he wants to stand on being a man of his word, you know? And I don't know. I just, it was a teaching moment. Yeah. Well, I'm (laughs) so inspired by you just across the board, but that even is like, I'm just so excited for Hap that like he has you to look up to and you're truly one of the greatest people we know. And I just wanted my people to get to know you like we know you and not just the guy who punches people's faces in the cage. Yeah, it's, it's a different, it's a different thing. We'll get right back to our combo after I tell you about one of our sponsors, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy. They offer both video and phone calls and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see someone on camera if you don't want to. Their mission is to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient. So anyone struggling with life's challenges can get help anytime and anywhere. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. As you know, in this conversation, we talk about how we're big fans of therapy. It is like getting your oil changed to prevent issues down the road or doing chores to avoid a messy house. We go to the doctor to prevent sickness and take care of our bodies. Going to therapy is like all of those things. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. Going to therapy does not mean there's something wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind and your heart healthy. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind and your heart healthy. Our podcast sponsor, BetterHelp, is offering Coffee with Kaylee listeners 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash CWK. That's BetterHelp.com slash CWK. Now back to Michael. But we need to talk about the time I went to your fight Yeah. in real life. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about the outcome. We don't need to talk about any of that. We're just going to talk about my pure anxiety level because yeah. the people watching this are probably like MMA fighting. I could never, I could never watch it. I couldn't stomach it. I want you to hear from me. I cannot either. Mm-hmm. It is not my thing. And I love you so much. I can't even, I can't watch anything besides like Gilmore girls. Like yeah. I can't watch like Marvel is a stretch for me. The amount of like fighting in that, yeah. let alone real, real life. Yeah. And then you add the layer that I care about the person in that cage. Mm-hmm. And that is a level that I'll never understand how your wife sits and watches. We bond over every time. Cause I'm like, how do you do this? Yeah. And we went to your fight for the first time in Houston. Yep. And wow. I was like, I need a sedative. I <laughs> don't, I can't, t- I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with myself. I was like, yeah. I poured a big glass of white wine and I sat there and I watched what blew my mind was how, uh, I don't know. Something just overtook me. I watched the other people fight and that was hard to watch. And then I watched someone I cared about. So in real life, it wasn't as intense because you don't get like the zoomed in TV view. Yep. I watch it like, you know, you can't, y'all can't see me, but I watch like this usually yeah. when I'm Looking watching through your fingers. Yeah. yeah like Covering I am like face. 12 in a movie theater <laughs> and all of a sudden you were in that ring and I stood up, something just came over me. I stood up and I was like, go, I'm like <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs. The people around me had to be like, what? I'm like praying in the spirit, like straight up. I was like, everyone has to think I am nuts. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, stand up, Michael, get up. I'm like, I can't. Anyway, that is a journey of me going to see Michael Chandler fight and I would love to do it again. I. Yeah. I've never taken one of those in my life, but I might need a Xanax next time. Yeah, it's hard. Like you said, whenever whenever you care about somebody. And, and I think the coolest thing, too, just kind of to put things in our perspective, even just the conversation the next morning about how you guys felt leaving the arena. Yeah. Right. You know, because you yeah. you've you play these shows in these arenas. And there's never really, you might miss a chord and you're, yeah, could be technical difficulties or he might even somehow forget his lyrics or trip on stage, but it's never really a failure. Like you're always going to have a blast. You could have, maybe could have done better. You go, go back to the back afterwards and he's sweating and it's like, oh, we should have done this for the intro. And this didn't really flow as well as this. Let's change the set order. But in a mixed martial arts fight, you know, especially a mixed martial arts fight, even if I was a football player, I still had 10 other guys to rely on and the team lost or soccer or baseball, the team lost. But when it's someone you care about in a cage with another man, 
another fighter, it's it's him and either his win or his loss. And for me, it was it was a loss and it was a setback. But leaving the arena, it was cool to hear. You know, Russell not, was probably more depressed, I think, than you are leaving yeah. that night. Like he had bought the merch. Yeah. He was like went to the thing to get a drink to like watch the show. You know, like he was like a participant. Yeah. Mind you, he is your biggest fan. When he's scrolling on his phone, <laughs> you know, you can tell a lot about the person you're married to by hitting their discover page mm-hmm. on the internet, by the way. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I just ruined relationships, but <laughs> I click on my husband's, not on purpose. We just share an account and I just know that we flip, we flipped accounts because yeah. I'll hit search and all of a sudden it is all MMA. <laughs> it is like people's faces just like busted. And I'm like, golly, like he just goes on Michael Chandler benders. Like, yeah. He'll be in bed scrolling and it's just like your highlight reel or like your fights. And he just, he's such a fan. And I love, I love that y'all are such big fans of each other. It's like the cutest thing on the planet. He's the man. Uh, Y'all are both the man. So I'm very excited that you're here and I can't wait for my people to get to know you. Like I know you because you're so much more than busting faces and all of that. You're like a mighty man of God and a great husband and an incredible father and a really great friend. And we're just so blessed that that we get to be loved by y'all and well, get to know y'all. Thank you. It's a blessing to be friends with you guys, friends with you, and watching you guys and sharing this journey. The coolest thing is to be when we're 60 years old drinking wine off of cardboard boxes. <laughs> Honestly, we need to recreate back. that. We got to recreate We got to recreate that. We need, we need that. cardboard boxes around. Hey, you, you know, are. we might, I, I'm obsessed with our house right now, but w- one of my dreams in life is to build. Mm-hmm. And this was fun to do a, a full reno, but I would love to like, create everything my own the way i want it someday maybe Mm -hmm. so if we do that and we have a cardboard box party yes y'all get the first invite yes let's do it i can't wait (laughs) thanks for being here you're the best thank you so much love you bye bye (laughs) love you bye hanging up the cell phone love you bye What an incredible guy. Actually, immediately following this episode, I need to tell the story. I needed help getting a dresser that was being delivered into our house, and Russ was out of town. And this mighty man of God, Michael Chandler, stuck around to help. And I just can't get over it. I've never been lightweight champion of the world. I was not going to be able to get that dresser in my house. I just had to honor him even more. He is a man of his word. I asked if he'd help, and he said yes, and he stuck around. Just the sweetest guy. Anyway, next week, I have my friend Ainsley Britton. She is a licensed Enneagram coach. If you've heard us talk, I'm a type two, I'm a type this throughout the podcast. And you're like, what are they talking about? This is what we're talking about. We talk about the Enneagram and we also talk about hearing from God in dreams. So you don't want to miss it. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week.